right. John chapter number 2. John chapter 2. This morning, I share with you a little bit. Uh, we're going to jump right into the text here in John chapter 2, but talking about the house of God, how important it is uh, when we come to God's house. And uh, what this means, what does God's house mean to me? What does God's house ought to mean to you? And uh, got three three simple things to go over this morning, but we're going to jump right into this text. Jesus has just performed the first miracle at the wedding, and now he's going to move to Jerusalem to go to the Passover, and uh, to to do that every year the Passover was to take place, and they were going to go to the temple and to do sacrifices. Well, he goes to the temple and he finds something that he doesn't agree with, finds something that disturbs him quite a bit, and he takes care of an issue that's taking place inside the house of God. And there are some things, and, and it's important for us to understand this, there are some things that ought not never happen in the house of God. There are, this is a place of worship. This is a place of, uh, it ought to be a place, a sacred place. This ought to be uh, church. When we come to church, we ought to be ready for church. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of times we're not ready for church. We're just ready to get out of the house for a minute, you know. But we ought to be ready for church. And God, and Jesus deals with a little bit of that this, this morning. We'll talk about that. So you got your Bibles open to John chapter 2. Let's all stand if you can. And let's read in verse number 12. <coughs> and verse number 12. The Bible says, After this, the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money setting there. And when he had made a scourge of the small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and the poured out the changers' money and the overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold, the do sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house and a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it is written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Hath eaten me up. So here we are. He comes into the temple to do his yearly sacrifice like he had done every year since he was a baby or since he was a boy. And uh, he walks into the temple and they're selling uh, oxen and sheep and doves things they ought not to be doing in the house of God. And he turns the money changers' tables over and tells them to get out. This is God's house. This is my father's house. And make it, make it not a house of merchandise, but uh, this is my father's house. And uh, we'll take our text from there this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you would fill me with your words. Empty me of self. Lord, also I ask that you would be with us as we go about this text. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our church. I pray that you'd help us strengthen our church. Help us to continue to grow. 
Help us to continue to reach people with the gospel. Lord, I love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you. You may be seated. John chapter 2 and verse number 12 gives us the description. And uh, verse number 12, the Bible says, after this, after this, what, what is this? This is the miracle that just took place in Canaan of Galilee. Uh, he went down to Capernaum, and uh, there he would make his house in Capernaum. Uh, in the book of Matthew, it talks about that people. Uh, and, and then also, who was with him? Verse number 12 tells us that his brother was with him. His brethren were with him. His mama was with him. And his disciples were with him. And uh, at this time, John and, and uh, those that were with him were following Jesus Christ there. The, the miracle had just taken place at the wedding, and they're leaving and going to Capernaum. But then also, what takes place next, he's leaving the miracle. The people are still with him, uh, his mama, his brothers, and his disciples. And then they go to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, now uh, understand this, Jesus Christ was... Uh, and is the sacrificial lamb that was laid down, but he still honored the tradition in which he was raised and which that, that he was taught was every year you are to go to the, the temple and take a, an animal and sacrifice the animal uh, every year. It was the Passover. It was to remember what took place in Egypt so many years ago when the Passover lamb, or when the Passover came, uh, when they put the blood applied to the door, you may or may not know the story, but at that time period, the Egyptians were trying to keep the Israelites in Egypt, and uh, God told them that the, night, the, the last plague was going to come, and they had to put blood across the door, and if they didn't put the blood across the door, then the, then the death angel would come that night and kill every firstborn child in in that town well they didn't put the blood on the door the passover night came and the passover came and and all the egyptians houses uh there were kids that were uh that that or the firstborn child was dead found in those houses and then the bible says that god allowed egypt or the children of israel to escape egypt at that time but at this time every year they were to remember the passover and remember the shedding of blood of the lamb. And so they would take that blood and apply it. At that time was applying it to the door. But at this time they would take it and they'd put it and take it to the temple and sacrifice the lamb of, of blemish, without blemish, perfect lamb, uh, for the sacrifice every year. So Jesus leaves Capernaum and goes to Jerusalem and uh, approximately between 75 to 90 miles the trip would take. That's a long trip. Can you imagine doing this? Uh, what type of devotion that he had to, to keep up with the sacrifices, to keep up with the Passover. He was the Son of God. He became the Lamb of God and paid for the penalty of sin. He didn't necessarily have to go when he went, but he did to show them how important it was for the Lamb's blood to be shed. And so Jesus does this. He goes to, he goes to Jerusalem, uh, 75 to 90 miles on foot, and there he comes into the temple, verse number 14, and found in the temple. Do you know what he found in the temple? Something that ought never take place in the temple of God. Now, 
we see, number one, we see a defilement or a defiling that takes place in the temple. The Bible says in verse number 14, he says, And he found uh, those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money. Now what was taking place here is the temple was set up. Here was the temple and then there was like the opening of the temple and everyone was in there and they had oxen and they had sheep and they had doves and then they had a little table over there that would exchange money for people because they came from different countries. They had different money and so they'd have to come over there and get certain type of change or certain type of money to to be able to buy the sheep or the oxen and the dove. Now you say, what were they buying the oxen and the sheep and the dove for? Well, think about this for just a moment. Take, take Jesus, for instance. Jesus traveled 75 to 90 miles. He, he would not have brought a sheep from home. He would have got to Jerusalem and bought a sheep. But what was taking place is they were selling merchandise inside the house of God. They were selling for a profit, for a money, something that they ought not to have done was selling these to take advantage of people that didn't have the stuff for sacrifice. Now, was it wrong that they had to get an, a sheep or an oxen or a dove? That was not what was wrong. What was wrong was that they were defiling God's temple that is not a place that God's temple is for. It's not for profit. It's not for making money. This is not, we're not running a business around here. This is not a business. Church and church operation should never be a business. It's not a business. Many churches and many places operate like a big business. Look, we're not a big business. You say the only business we're in is trying to keep people out of hell. And, and see, what happened was they were defiling the purpose of the temple. And the purpose of the temple was not for them to be selling oxen and sheep and doves and changing of money. That's not what the temple was for. And I'm going to tell you, that's not what the temple today is for. And it ought not take place in churches today. But it does. That takes place in churches today, and it ought not. You say, what do you mean, a defiling? They were doing that. They were changing the money and selling this. The oxen and the sheep, well, see, what happened was is some people couldn't afford to buy a sheep or an oxen. So they had the cheaper option of the dove. So not only were they, per se, ripping people off with the oxen and the sheep, but they were also ripping people off with the doves, even the poor people. So... The defiling of God's temple. We ought to be careful on how we approach God's temple. I remember being raised in church. There were some things that you were not supposed to do in church. Don't run. Don't drink. Don't chew gum. Don't do this. Don't do that. But a lot of times, church and, and auditorium and the sanctuary of God, eh, it's no big deal. Eh, everything flies. Everything goes. Instead of it being a sanctimonious, a sanctimonious time and a place. Now, understand God doesn't just rest in here God rests on each and every one of us the Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and so the way that we ought to treat God's temple ought to be the same way that we ought to treat our own temple our body if your body belongs to the Lord then you ought to treat it the right way a defiling that took place in this temple 
something that ought not to take place, a defiling that takes place. And then also, you'll see here that God saw the defilement because of the, defile, the defiling that was taking place. He made them depart. It's number two, he made them depart. Look in verse number 15. And when he made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the auction. Now look, look, this is what takes, think about this for just a moment. He makes a cord, he gets a little scour, a scourge, a scourge. You know what that is? That's like a whip. He made a whip. He was standing there. He come in the temple. He saw them getting the oxen and the sheep and the doves and the selling of money and doing things they ought not to do. And the Bible says he, he, got this, he got this whip out and he started whipping. He didn't whip the people. He used that whip like, a, like an animal herder would do as to get the sheep and the oxen out of the house of God. And so he goes through and he scourges and he whips the, 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 the sheep and the oxen trying to send them in the right direction. He said, get out of the house of God. This is my father's house, not a house of merchandise. And then he says, he, so he whips he whips the cattle and the, and the, or the oxen and the sheep. And then he says, hey, get the doves out of here. He doesn't, he, he, he's not mean to the animals. He gets them out of there. And he told, he told them that sold the doves, he said, take these hens and make my father's house, uh, my father's house, my father's house, my father's house. This is his house. Get them out of here. He used the whip to herd the animals. He told the doves to get out. Verse number 15. The Bible says, And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out. How many did he drive out of the house of God? All of them. So he got the animals out, but he wasn't done. He goes over to the he goes over to the money changer's table and he flips it over. He said, get out of here. This is God's house. That's what he did. It's not what ought to be taking place in God's house. The defilement, the departing. He got him, he got him departed. He said, get out of here. Get out of here. The strength with the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, he says the battle is the Lord's. It's his battle. Then I want you to see the last thing, number three, and it's something that he declares. Look in verse number 16. He says, take these things, hence, he was talking about the dust, he said, get them out of here. He said, make not my father's house a house of merchandise so he goes with two he said he has a negative and he's a positive the negative is this you have made it a house of merchandise this temple shouldn't have watch shouldn't have a worldly atmosphere this temple ought not have be full of carnal desires this church this place ought not be placed and filled with things of the world he said we, we this is no place 
for things like that to take place. There's a reason why we worship the way we worship in this building today is because we do not need to have the appetite of the world in here. Hey, you say worship and the songs and everything that takes place is not for you. Guess what? It's not for me. It's for Him. And my worship that takes place in this building is not for me. So if I raise my hand, or if I shout a little bit, or if I sing, it's not for you. And the worship and the songs that are chosen, it's not for you. I'm sorry, it's not for you. And the playing and the instruments and all that takes place, look, it's not a show, it's not a performance, it's not something, hey, it's not. If it's not, it's not a performance for you. It's a performance for God. And if there ever comes a day when worship is not a performance for Him, we're doing it the wrong way. And that's what Jesus Christ come in and say, this is defiling the temple. There is worship, so-called worship, that will take place in other buildings today. And it is not worship because it has the appetite of the world in it. It's not worship. It shouldn't feed my carnal desires. It ought to feed the the spiritual side of me, serving and pleasing God. The negative was, this is not a house of merchandise. Positive, this is my father's house. He said, this is my father's house. What does that mean? That means that the deity of Jesus was real. Though his father, his deity came true. But he said, it is my father's house. And the way that you ought to treat my father's house is the way that he wants it to be treated, not the way that I want it to be treated. The house of God. The house of God. I'll not be defiled. It is, it is God declaring my father's house, the deity of God, and also this, God to be honored. You know what needs to take place in our church? You know what needs to take place in this church? Every time we open those doors and worship God, do you know what needs to take place? God to be honored. Hey, don't pat me on the back. Don't clap for me. Honor because tomorrow something may happen and I might, I might die. I might be out of here. Look, and for me to come to the next time, you guys need to worship God and honor God. Honor God. That's what needs to take place in this place. Every time we come in this place. Pray. Ask God for His Spirit to rest in this place. What is that song? Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power on each face. We ought to pray that God's presence be felt in this place every time we come here. Because the reason I preach, the reason we sing, and the reason we do what we do is to honor no man but to honor God. If man gets the praise, that's, it's a bad deal. 
But when God gets the praise, it's the way that God wants it to be. God's honoring. We ought to honor God when we come in here. <clears throat> but also, I want you to see this. Not only does he declare to them the spiritual atmosphere that we ought to have, spiritual atmosphere that we ought to have in this place. It's not a house of merchandise. It ought to be a spiritual atmosphere. But then lastly, you'll see this as well, just as way, verse number 17. And his disciples remembered that it was written, Psalm 69, verse 9. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. What does that mean? The zeal. What is zeal? Excitement. Fire for. Uh, something that drives you. The zeal for thine house hath eaten me up. We ought to come into God's house ready for God's word. Ready to worship God. Ready to be in God's house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Come in with zeal. I don't know. I'm a sports fanatic. I always like to use a sports thought. But when I go to a ball game, I'm excited. Are you? I don't know. You don't go to a ball game. You go to a gun show, huh? You might be a little excited. You go to a car show, you might be a little excited, huh? I don't know. But hey, if you go to something, you come in with zeal for what's taking place when we come into God's house, we ought to have a little bit of zeal about what's going to take place today in God's house. Gives me a chance to worship Him. Gives me a chance to praise God for what He's done all week. Praise God for the answered prayer. Praise God for all the things that God has done for me in spite of me, in spite of what I've done. He said, hey, the disciples said, hey, remember what the Bible says that we ought to go to God's house with zeal. I remember that. The Bible says we ought to go to God's house with zeal. A lot of times we're, we've got zeal for the wrong things rather than the spiritual things. I love to listen to beautiful, God-honoring music. You know why? Because it stirs inside of me. But I'm telling you, Christian, were you excited to come to church this morning? Oh, here we go again. Hey, nobody better not have taken my seat in there. But rather than coming in, hey, I'm excited to be in God's house. A spiritual appetite, zeal for God's house. A zeal. God's house. He said, get out of here. You've defiled my temple. You get out of here. You get out of here. But then, he says, there is an atmosphere that ought to take place in every church. 
and it is my Father's house. When we come into church, guess whose house it is? It's not mine. This is my church. But it's not my house. It belongs to him. We ought to come with zeal, praying that his Holy Spirit will work in a great way. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for letting us gather together this morning. Lord, I pray that you're not done. Lord, I also ask that as you're, we close, that if there's one in here today that doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven, I pray that they would get that settled. Lord, I also ask if you've worked on the hearts of somebody today they need zeal for God's house. I pray that you've helped them to have zeal. Lord, I thank you for your place of worship. It's the place you've called me to preach. It's the place you've saved me. It's the place you've given to me. I pray that it would be a special place for Every person in here, the house of God, my Father's house. I love you, God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask a couple of questions this morning. You say, Brother Trent, I'm sitting here this morning and I know I'm going to heaven when I die. There is not a doubt 